Okay, let, let's go on. So we'll look, on, look at some of our other values. So the next value is this. The importance of being baptized in water and in the Holy Spirit. Okay? This echoing. Okay. So, you see, one of the first commands Jesus gave is, it's echoing a lot, is uh, Andrew or somebody there? One of the first commands that Jesus gave his disciples is go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And if something is echoing, I, I can hear it there. Okay? So, baptism is, water baptism is an outward expression of an inner change that has taken place through faith in Jesus. Jesus was baptized. Okay, we see on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, where Peter preaches to a crowd of and 3,000 people believe in Jesus. And his first instructions to them are this, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The baptism we are talking about is a baptism of immersion. Anybody made tea with a tea bag? Okay, you know what you did? You baptized the tea bag. That, that's the meaning of baptism. It means immersion. Okay? Now, there are other churches who practice a kind of sprinkling baptism, or they practice an infant. It's not a baptism. They put sprinkling, or they do, they do an infant uh, ceremony. But we're clear that Scripture speaks about repenting. Infants cannot repent. All right? And the very act of immersion is symbolic of being immersed into Christ. So if you are not yet water baptized, okay, Jesus commands you to get water baptized if you have put your faith in Jesus. And come and see us and we'd be happy to work it out so that you can be water baptized. Okay, so being baptized in water is very, very important. Not only is their baptism in water, but we also speak about, the Bible speaks about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now, many people get confused about this. They say, I've believed in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in me. Absolutely. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot believe in Jesus. Okay, so th that's clear. But, but, think about the apostles. They were saved, weren't they? Yeah? At the resurrection, they were saved. But Jesus told them something. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. And he says, and just as John baptized in water, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Change the word around. Just as John immersed you in water, you will be immersed in the Holy Spirit. So, so what we believe the scripture teaches, now we can spend an hour on this topic, but I'm just touching upon it, to say that there is something called being filled with the Spirit, being immersed with the Spirit, or being baptized with the Spirit. And uh, that's what changes a person from just being a timid Christian to one who is bold like Peter. You remember Peter? Before his baptism, before his 
baptism of the Holy Spirit, a servant girl came up to him and said, hey, weren't you with Jesus? And what did Peter do? Me? Jesus? No, 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 no. <laughs> he denied Jesus. After his baptism with the Holy Spirit, he boldly spoke to the, to the crowds, to the Pharisees, to everybody and says, Jesus, that's the difference the baptism will make. Now, if you have never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, come and see one of us. We will be happy to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see, I can't baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Who baptizes in the Holy Spirit? Jesus. Is this, you know, in the Bible, twice Jesus is referred to as the Lamb of God. That's in the Gospel of John. Twice. Just it. And we remember Jesus, the Lamb of God. But five times it talks about Jesus being the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At least five. Could be more. Five times. So is baptism with the Holy Spirit important? Yes. yes. Now, we want everybody here to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And, and the first time you're immersed in the Holy Spirit, it's called the baptism with the Holy Spirit. But then the Bible also speaks about being filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's a present continuous. That is, you know, you're filled today, you're filled tomorrow, you're filled the after tomorrow, it goes on and on. And what happens when you are filled with the Holy Spirit is this. Jesus says it in Acts 1 verse 4. You will receive power. Everybody say power. Power. power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. You know, right now we can be a little timid about sharing the gospel with people. Okay? And uh, go to the next verse. You can see the next verse. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. 8, 1, 8, 1, 8. Okay, so, so, so we want the baptism with the Holy Spirit. What we can do is, we, we can pray for you. You see, in, uh, in Acts chapter 8, verse 14 to 17, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria, and when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they would receive the Holy Spirit. So what we can do is we can pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit. And I tell you, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, your life will be transformed. Yeah? You will have joy unspeakable. You will have boldness. You will be able to overcome the power of sin and temptation. Yeah? You will get a, a, a deeper relationship with God. So this is something we must all seek after. All right, let's move on. Uh, the next value that we have as a church is where we prize the presence of God. We prize and value the presence of God. You know, in, uh, in Exodus, Moses told God, he says, God, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us from this place. Okay? What is it that distinguishes us from other groups of people that may be meeting this Sunday uh, you know, maybe at a football club or a cricket club or something else, a hobby, hiking. What is different is we have the presence of God with us. And that is something we value. So, uh, you know, several people have spoken, uh, as we've said, about the worship, the presence of God. And, and we want to seek that at all times, okay, the presence of God. And so... In our church services, this is what we want. Okay? 
We want the presence of God. But we want each one of you to play your part in bringing in the presence of God. Okay? Turn to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. Which says, What shall we say, brothers? 1 Corinthians 14, 20. When you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. All these must be done for the strengthening of the church. So, the instruction given here is when we come together, everyone say everyone. 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 All of us have a role. It doesn't talk about a one-man ministry. Everybody can bring in a word. And, and we've tried to do that here a little bit, where you see coming up and sharing on the breaking of bread, the offering, the announcements, the worship. It's all different people, isn't it? Have you noticed that? Yes. Yeah? And as, the, as a pastor, I hardly come up, except to preach sometimes, you know, often. But, and, and that's what we want. We want everyone, because God's Spirit is in you as well, to be able to bring in His presence through your sharing. And so I'd encourage you, if you spend time with the Lord during the week, it is presence, being filled with the Spirit. You know, in John 7, 37, 38, Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, and streams of living water will flow out of him. And he says, this he was referring to the Spirit. So when you spend time in God's presence and in His Word, you, you, you will be bubbling over with stuff that you want to share on a Sunday. And Whoever is leading will be, have to say, okay, that's enough sharing for today. You know, let's leave it for another time. And that's what we want. Okay? So you have a role in bringing the presence of God. So, so when you come on a Sunday, before you come, say, Lord, how can I bless somebody? Give me a prophetic word. G give me a scripture to read. G give me a testimony. Give me something. Huh? And when, when each of us brings something, it's like a potluck. You know, if, nobody, if everybody brings bread for the potluck or doesn't bring anything, we'll all be hungry. But, but if we all bring our gifts, it'll be a rich banquet, right? So, so we want to be a people who value the presence of God. Okay, the next one is a loving community. Now, so many have spoken about that. Okay, a loving community. You see, we can have everything. We can have, I mean... Wouldn't it be wonderful if we had great healings taking place here? That anybody who's sick walks in through those doors and they are healed. We want to see that happen. What about handkerchiefs? <laughs> you know, who, who, Paul's handkerchief. Yeah. You know, they took Paul's handkerchief and they put it on sick people and they were healed. Wow. What about Peter's shadow? You know? Peter's walking down the street and people are trying to bring in, you know, there's one shadow there, bring in sick people. You know, that, that was, those were amazing times. Now, we, we want to see signs and wonders and that's something we will pursue. But we, we can have all that. We can have faith that can move mountains. But if we don't have love, it's nothing. Okay? We may have a thousand people here, but if we don't have love, it is nothing. And so one of our key values is we, we want to be a people who are loving one, one another as I have loved you. That's it. 
We want to be people who are loving, who are forgiving, who are kind to one another, who are sharing with one another, who are, uh, you know, just... And we express this love in different ways. So one of the ways we express it is when somebody comes to the meeting, we consider them valuable. Somebody will go up and speak to them. I've been to some meetings where there have been 500 people. I'm standing there and I don't know anybody and nobody speaks to me. Have you been to some meeting like that? You know, so it's great, a big crowd, but you're so alone. And, 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 and uh, following Christ is not to be a lone one-man journey. It's supposed to be a community together. Okay? So some of the values we have around loving one another is this, hospitality. Okay? How many of you have been invited for a meal on a Sunday afternoon? Put your hand up. Yeah, great. Yeah, wonderful. Okay? Now, hospitality is very important. So as a, the Bible commands us to be hospitable. It says, be hospitable. Be hospitable. And uh, again, we've preached words on this. Hospitality is not inviting my close relatives or close friends. Okay, it's, it's inviting strangers. In fact, the word hospitality is zeno something, which means strangers. Okay? You know, you get the word xenophobia. That's fear of strangers. Okay, but hospitality is zeno something else. I can't remember. But, but what, what the point is, God wants us to express our love by being hospitable. So, I, 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 so it doesn't happen 99% of the time, but lots of times... We, we, we would encourage you to, every, every Sunday, or maybe twice a month, make sure you're eating with somebody in the church. Eating with somebody in the church. Why is it important? Now, normal people have 21 meals in the week. Some may have more, but most people aim for 21 meals in the week. Isn't that true? Breakfast, lunch, dinner. You know, I'm not including chai and something else, but 21 meals. Now, here's what I'm asking you. Can you devote one meal in the week to eating with your brothers and sisters? Can you do that? Okay, and not just your brothers and sisters, but new people that come to the church. You know, take them out for a lunch. Okay, why is that? Jesus ate with his disciples. Do you notice that? A lot of mention of food. Think about Jesus. He rose from the dead. He appeared to his disciples at the lake. And what was he doing? Cooking breakfast for them. I mean, he, he could have said, I've got so much to share with you. See me and this thing. What is he doing? Eating. I mean, they had fish for breakfast. <laughs> anyway, so, so whatever. They were. So, so that, that is what it is. Okay? So Jesus, the, the, the breaking of bread that we are celebrating, where did it happen? Not in the temple. It happened over a meal, the Last Supper. Okay, so eating is important. You see, in our country, people don't eat with one another of different... Uh, people don't necessarily eat with everybody. Isn't it? Have you seen that? <coughs> High caste, low caste, all that. Eating doesn't happen. Okay, but what are we saying? When we eat with one another, we're saying, I accept you. You accept me. You know, we are all one. That's a powerful message. 
So, so when people come to Word of Grace, for example, they see people from all different backgrounds. They can't figure out, how is this? It's not just Tamilians or Andhra people or Keralites or Goans or whoever, but it's a mixture, all kinds of people together. And that's a powerful message of the power of Jesus. Okay? So eating is important. So here's what I'm saying. Now, this is very important. If, if we could give one meal to the Lord, one meal, 27 are there, 21 are there, one meal. So you're saying, either on a Saturday or on a Sunday, I will build my relationship. Because, you know, on a Sunday afternoon, you, you can't really spend a lot of time talking. I mean, at the meeting, after the meeting. But if you go for a meal and you sit down, like, you know, last week, a few of us went out together and uh, we, we were able to chat and get to know one another and do that. And, and, it, and it's wonderful. Okay? So we're, I, I know many of you are doing this already. Well done. Okay? So it's already happening. But this is for those who are not doing it and who are not yet doing it to say, hey, Invest that meal. It'll, I tell you, you'll be so blessed as you eat with somebody. Okay? And I want to speak to the singles. You know, uh, the, the, many of the families here have been so hospitable. They've invited you over and because for whatever reason you may not be able to host them. But I want to encourage you to invite people over to your homes as well. Or take them out as singles. All right? You, you can also do it. And if you don't know to cook, there's something called YouTube. <laughs> just, put, just put in the thing there. And I follow it all the time. Okay? And, but but I'll I tell you, when I was 17 years old, I had had families over at my house for a meal. 17. I was living alone in Cyprus, had my own place, 18 maybe, you know, and I'd cook. And... Uh, and that was great. And for every potluck, I would bring a big dish of meat or something like that, and it would be get swiped out because we're the only Indian food there. And it was, <laughs> you know. but, but, but listen, hey, we, we've got to say, I want to be a blessing, okay? I'm going to take whoever out. And it's going to cost you. Yeah, so what? You know, we're spending it in, on, on the kingdom. Take people out for a meal. Do it. Okay. Uh, but part of this loving thing is also meeting one another's needs. Okay? So as we are aware of people's needs, we're saying, you know, God has given me so much. How can I do that? I know at different times during the pandemic when people lost jobs and this thing happened, we, we, we took up a collection for people. And we would do it in, in a gym. So the gym would do it, or depending on whatever the need was. And, when, when, and what we're saying is, I want to be a blessing. And if all of us put in a little bit, God can multiply that so that people can be blessed. You know? And so, don't hoard things. Give away stuff that you, do, that you, you have, that you have two some things and you don't need it. You know, it's just collecting dust in the house. Give it away to somebody. You know? Whether it's clothes or whatever, you know, just pass it on. And that's part of sharing and caring. The other part of building a loving community and this love is relationships. This is very important. You see, many people leave churches not because of the doctrine necessarily. Why do they leave? Because of broken relationships. 
Okay? Somebody offended them. Somebody said something or didn't say something, didn't wish them on their birthday or uh, said something to offend them or whatever. And we as people can take offense very easily. And Jesus warns us about offense. He says, offense is a trap. Okay, no, no time to get into that, but it's a trap. It's like Satan puts, you know, those spikes in the ground and they cover it up with some leaves and an animal goes and falls on that and is trapped. And he says, offense is that kind of a trap. And uh, so, so what we aim to do to build in the, this community is where we have authentic relationships. Okay? Where, where we are able to speak things out, speak in love, clarify things, you know, um, and, and so forth. So, so that we're not getting offended. Because many times, offense is over an imaginary offense. Like, there was one, there's an old example. There was one guy who had gone to the pastor's house. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he told somebody, he says, you know, I went to the pastor's house and the pastor offered me scotch. Everybody knows this pastor doesn't drink. So how did he offer him scotch? What's happening? So, they, so the pastor called this guy. He says, yes, I came to your house that day. He says, there was a bottle of whiskey there. And you said, would you like some scotch? The pastor said, first of all, that was for my, my brother-in-law. Somebody had left it for him. It wasn't mine. Secondly, I offered you squash. <laughs> Okay, so, so you know, we can take offense at different things. So what we need to do is when we, are, when we feel offended is to uh, be able to talk to the person you know, and say, hey, did, did you really say this? Or what did you mean when you said this? And so forth, all right? And uh, so we have some teaching on this, which uh, you know, Nawaz has put together and we've got from Karen and others about relationships. How to build authentic relationships. Because, you know, the world is a very divisive place. At work, at anywhere. The, the, the broken down relationships. But in the church, we want to say, we want to have genuine... So we can, you know, we've got this wonderful teaching on conflict. Conflict is a good thing. Strife is a bad thing. Conflict just means we are not agreeing on something because we may be looking at it differently or we may seriously disagree. So, for example, I may think, you know, oh, the best food is chicken biryani. You may think it is dal and rice. No, you're perfectly entitled to your opinion. I'm entitled to mine. And we can live in peace. Okay? Strife is when, you know, we, we, we are just fighting over things and, and, and are cutting down people personally. You know, attacking people personally. So we, we, we have a whole teaching on that. We, go, we won't get into that. So really, what we are saying is, as a community, we want to express love in every way possible. Okay? Keeping open relationships, talking about issues as they come up, and extending grace to all. All right, next value. A church where biblical family life is highly valued. Family is important. I, I'm just so sad today that uh, in many churches, you know, family is not highly valued in the sense of 
singles today are not aspiring for marriage. Yeah. And uh, now some people have not found the right person yet. That's a different matter. But there are others who are saying, no, I, you know, I, I don't want to get married yet. I'll, I'll wait. And they keep waiting. And, you know, but, but really, and, and, I, and I feel pastors are on the back foot. And they're not able to speak about marriage. Okay? So I just want to say, hey, people, what, what, the Bible is clear. Marriage is important. Okay? And we don't have time to get into all of that. And how marriage works, we have a lot of teaching on that, on uh, the role of the husband, the role of the wife, how to bring up kids. Everything is there in the Bible. But we've got to put it into practice. And so we want to be a church where we value family, we value children, we value relationships, we value the right role of the husband and wife, and uh, we want to see godly families. If that is what will take the gospel to the next generation and the next generation. Also, in addition to families, we also value singles. Okay. Now, what can happen is in some churches where it's all about families or in other churches it's all about singles, but, we, but the biblical thing is it's both. Okay, Families are important. Singles are equally important, and you have a role to play. You know, singles have more time, more money, more energy to do things that family people necessarily can't, you know, and uh, so, so both have an equal role to play, and so we want to say if you're single, you have a role to play, if you're married and have five kids, you have a role to play, you know, so everything is, if you're a kid, you have a role to play, now, today we had Thea serving the chips, I was the youngest I think, <laughs> yeah. all right, okay, let's go on, a few more, we've got another 10 minutes to go, I think, uh, 15 minutes. All right. The next thing is, another value we have is the high value of serving. Everybody say serving. 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 You see, uh, uh, people in the world, all of them want to be CEOs, CTOs, CXOs, I don't know what, you know, they, they want to be on the top. But Jesus teaches about an upside-down world. Jesus came not as the king, but as a servant. Okay? He washed the feet of the disciples. That's how he served. Now, we know the scriptures. We don't have time to get into them. But, but one of the things you've seen, if you've been any time at whatever, you'll see that everybody's involved in serving. Okay? Now, this is a very key value. Because Jesus says, if anybody wants to be great, he must be the servant of all. And at Word of Grace Church, you know, we expect everybody to serve in some way or the other. Okay? To serve. So it's not like coming to a restaurant. Which is your favorite restaurant? George. George. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so, so whichever your restaurant is, you go to George's restaurant. Okay, it's been there for many, many years. Now, tell me, anybody been to George's or any other restaurant? Okay. D did you help with doing the dishes there? <laughs> did you go to the kitchen and bring the food to the table? No. No? Did, did you, uh, you, know, you didn't do all that. You know? So restaurant is where you just come down, you sit, you ask for the menu. Today you scan the QR code or whatever. It comes to you. 
and uh, you tell the waiter, I want this, 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 you know, don't make it too spicy or make it extra spicy, whatever, you're given the instructions, the food comes, you know, it's served, you eat, you leave your dirty dishes, you pay for the bill, give a tip and walk out, right? Now, some people can come to church and think of it like a restaurant experience, okay? I like this about this church, I like this, okay, I've come here, all right, and we keep evaluating. How was the worship, how was the word, how was the breaking of bread, ta-da-da-da, okay, we'll put some money in the, in the offering, and I leave. But a church is not like that. A church is like a family get-together. Anybody had a family get-together around Christmas? Yeah, the families come together, great. Now, what happens at a family get-together? Everybody brings a dish or participates. Everybody helps with setting up. You should be helping. <laughs> All right, with setting up, with clearing up, with washing. Because it's a family, okay? We love one another. We are all involved in that. And that's what Word of Grace is. Well, we are a family, yeah? We're not in a restaurant. We're at a family dinner where everybody is looking and saying, hey, how, what can I do? You know, how can I serve? Even Tia, a little bit of chips, she's almost, you know, holding it. I don't know if she's going to fall, the chips are going to fall. <laughs> but, but she's doing it. And as somebody said, you know, even if you didn't want to eat chips, you saw her serving, you say, okay, I'll take some. <laughs> because she's sweet. Okay, so, so that's how it is, where we are all playing our part. You know, we've got Ellie there. Oh, Zoe's on the DLP now. All right. It keeps changing. <laughs> you know, so we're saying, hey, I want to play, play my part. Okay, we had uh, Esther and uh, Alma translating. You know, while this is going on, you're sitting and listening to me, they are translating behind there. Huh? A wonderful team of people who set up, who manage the sound, who do all these things. And so at Word of Grace... You are expected to serve. Turn to somebody and say, you are expected to serve. That's what it means to be part of the family. Okay, that's what it means to be part of the family. And, 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 and serving is sacrificial, it's costly, but it's part of what we do. Okay. Next. So church where, okay, now, a church led by male elders, one of whom is clearly understood to be gifted, to be the lead elder, were ordained by the Holy Spirit, recognized and confirmed through apostolic ministry. And then, while we have male elders, we do have women leaders and have a leadership team that is comprised of both men and women. All right? So, the next thing is the church is led by leaders, and we have men and women who lead, and they teach, they preach, they lead worship, they do other things, and there are different kinds of leaders. Okay? So there's a leadership team, there are people who may lead other teams, like the setup team, the clear-up team, you know, and all that. We have men and women who carry great responsibility and serve wonderfully. Okay? So, so that is there. And, but, but we realize that eldership is male, you know, so you have one lead pastor, that's me, okay? And all the leadership participates in different things, okay? So it's not a... Have you noticed what we have at Word of Grace is not a one-man effort? Do you notice that? 
Yeah? We, we have different ones who are serving and doing different things. Now, there may be so many gifts here. Our desire is for us to discover what is the gift that you have and to take it and to develop it and then to deploy it to where God wants to use it. So, so, so that is a very important part of what we do. And, uh...